Mickey can be a dick <laughs> at home in the break room. Hey, I saw it firsthand. But he puts that damn head back on and he rolls out there and he and he helps and he gives because he's sold on the cause. And now for something completely different. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. Hey, welcome back. This is Dr. Tony Dufresne, PhD, not an MD. Welcome to the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. This week, I was thinking about my favorite job I ever had in the world, and it was right out of high school, and I worked at Disneyland. I grew up about 10 or 15 minutes away, and I had a buddy of mine that was over there, and he hooked me up. And right out of high school, I became an attractions host, and they hired me as a submarine captain on the submarine voyage ride in Tomorrowland. So looking back on the three seasons that I did work there, there are a number of things that stood out to me because it's such a unique experience to work at Disneyland and to be a ride op, or as they call it, an attractions host, Because and, and I'm in costume. And it's a very interesting experience. And when you're 19, there are a lot of things that don't soak in. It takes a number of years, a number of decades for things to sort of make sense or sort of come out to you as really strong life lessons. And this is one of them. And this is about Mickey Mouse. Now, back at that time, the primary Mickey Mouse costume person that would walk around Disneyland was the old guy that was one of the first Mickeys at the park and the park opened in 58 I think and for those of you who don't know anybody who's done that before or doesn't understand that's a rough job they only have 15 or 20 minute shifts because it gets so damn hot in those things and they're an oven and can you imagine the smell in those things? They're always, they were always complaining about the smell. So the break room for the sub crew was behind the America Sings or the Intervention is what's, what's there now. And we'd walk over there every 45 minutes to an hour. We'd have a little bit of a break. We'd hang out. Well, that is where a lot of the costume people, if they happen to be in Tomorrowland, would also have their breaks. And I remember being backstage in the break room. And then Mickey and his handler, they always had somebody that went with them so they could kind of keep the crowd at bay and and guide them through the park. Came in and they sat down at their table and Mickey took his head off. And then he proceeded to grab a smoke. I don't know where he had him. And sit there and start to rant and rave about how this little punk did this and this little punk did that. Because that's where it comes out. Those guys are out there trying to do their deal and be the the happy costume people and take pictures. But the horror stories were unbelievable in terms of getting pulled and kicked and pushed and yelled at. And he was venting. He was venting to his handler. Didn't really care who else in the break room heard it. And at the time, I didn't really think much of it except I I was laughing because it's such a opposite picture of what you get out in the park. But eventually he chilled out and finished his smoke and downed a couple waters and put his head back on and they went out there. And this guy did this 
year after year. He was there for decades. And recently, for some reason, I'm thinking about Disneyland and I was thinking about that guy. And I thought, you know, that's a really good illustration of authenticity, of being authentic. And why a lot of people get confused about really what being authentic is. And why they get disappointed when they get all worked up in the moment and they feel as though they're being authentic and then they're ruffling feathers or people are getting upset about it. Now, here's the big, big difference between what people think is being authentic and what it really is. Being authentic is being Mickey Mouse. And it's being out there and creating the memories for the kids. It's using his gifts in terms of how he understands how to interact with people, with the families, with the kids, putting his time and his sweat and his effort into creating that magical, great experience for the customers, for the guests, taking all those pictures. It's about the intention, the overall intention of everything. And his intention If you take the emotion out of it, if you take the venting out of it, his intention is to go to work every day and commit to the cause. He bought into the Disney cause. He bought into the creating these magical memories that you can't get outside of those walls. And he did a great job of that. Now, just because you commit to the cause and you put yourself out there, doesn't mean you can't have downtimes. doesn't mean you can't be upset, doesn't mean you can't yell and scream a little bit, but not in costume. Does that make sense? If you commit to the cause, if you're at work, whatever you happen to be doing, if you believe in the cause at your work in some level, I mean, if you happen to be working at Mickey D's, if it's just for the paycheck, you're not going to be as committed. You're not going to be as involved. You're not going to be as present in the job as you would if you believed that you go there to help these people get a low-cost meal quickly. Because that's in essence, that's what Mickey D's is. They're providing a low-cost meal quickly that people like. And if you're at a job at a computer place or you happen to be a landscaper, or I don't care what it is. If you don't have some level of commitment to their particular cause, if it's incongruent, if your direction or what you can give is incongruent with what they are trying to do, then tell me if you're not totally sold on it, right? And how many businesses out there aren't out there to do something? They don't have a cause except to make money. And I've worked at a lot of places like that. And I'm sure you may have as well. Tell me if that's not an issue with you. This is, and this is a big, and I don't care if you're a millennial or not, but this is a huge thing that's been happening and a big shift that's been happening over the past, I don't know, 10 years or so, give or take from what I've seen. I've been doing this for about 20 some odd years, but for the 10 years or so, what I have seen in clients and what I have seen in research and what I have seen in the overall social shift is that people want to align themselves with a business that they want to work for based on the cause, based on what the business wants to do, not for the paycheck. 
you're looking at long game versus short game. And if you're a Gary Vee fan, he talks about this all the time and it makes perfect sense. This is not a new concept. This is an old concept, but it makes perfect sense. Are you in it for the short game? Just to collect a check and to survive Maslow's hierarchy, you know, first, second level. Is that is that why you're there? Or do you have another vision? I mean, it, it could be to where you're you're at a particular job because it's satisfies that need at the time and you're trying to, you know, keep your big boy or big girl pants on and have your and take care of your responsibilities at the time and pay your bills while you're coming home and doing your side gig. That is that is the commitment to your cause. That is something that you believe in. Because if you, I swear to God, if you don't have anything to believe in, you are spinning your wheels. You've got to have something, whether it's at your work or you find another job that works for you or you come home and you do something else or you volunteer. The first thing you have to do is have some sort of a cause out there because that's really the essence and the basis of meaning. And that's Mickey. Mickey has, he's sold in on the Disney cause, which is to create magical memories and make that a great day for those people. He can still be pissed off and he can still smoke his pack of Marlboro Reds and he can still go home and even vent a little bit. Venting is not being inauthentic. Authenticity is your big picture. It's not the emotions of the moment. It's such an important thing to get over, to get through is that you can still be authentic is when you're sitting down at home and you got a, a journal or you got some paper and you're just writing your stuff down. You know, what up, you know, what am I all about? What do I want to do? How can I help in in any way that I can? What uh, you know, what kind of gives me a bit of a charge? And if I'm not all revved up and if somebody's not pissing me off, how am I going to interact with other people when I go outside of these doors? Not as a reaction. If somebody cuts you off, hey, you'll get pissed off. That's not you being authentic. But it brings up a good point, and people talk to me about that all the time. Oh, well, I feel that you know I'm being inauthentic if I don't bring up that I'm upset with this person. No, that has nothing to do with that. You've got to take every particular moment and every section of your day and look at it for what it is in context. And if somebody does cut you off, First of all, your adrenaline goes nuts and it's more about being scared than anything and you're probably going to fly off the handle and get pissed off. There's nothing wrong with that. You can be authentically a nice person and a giving person and somebody that volunteers their time and still get pissed. Too much pressure put on people that that all of a sudden when something like that happens, then they feel as though the whole house crumbles and all of the stuff that they've worked on and all of the time and effort they put into trying to be as authentic as possible is out the window because they were a dick. Mickey can be a dick at home in the break room. Hey, I saw it firsthand. But he puts that damn head back on and he rolls out there and he and he helps and he gives because he's sold on the cause. It's the best job I've ever had. And I tell that to people all the time. To the point where I have a three-quarter uh, tattoo on my left arm. Most of it is dedicated to me being a submarine captain at Disneyland for three seasons. Because I bought into the cause. I was fully committed. Even though the pay was horrible. 
And apparently it still is. It's not good. The hours were inconsistent. The uniform was not the most comfortable. They are extremely inflexible with a lot of things because it's their cause, right? Because they need to be consistent and that's their thing. And you know what? I believed it. I believed it for three seasons. When I stopped believing it, when it got to the point where I was 19 and an idiot and I wanted to make more money, and that's all I wanted to do, then I left. And I got a serving and a bartending job. And looking back, kind of wish I stayed for a little longer because that was an amazing job. That, that And that's just one little teeny thing that happened to me when I was there that, that you'll never see and you'll never get that experience anywhere else except for if you happen to work at an amusement park or something and maybe you get to see that. But that's the great part about buying in when you get a job. Buying in when you make a decision on a side gig that's going to benefit not only you in terms of giving you a charge, but other people. Because isn't that the whole point of doing all this? Isn't that the whole point of listening to this? Isn't that the whole point of getting better every single day and putting the time and effort into improving? That's the whole point. Become a master at your craft. Find something you believe in. Follow that. When you stop believing in it or when there's an inconsistency or when the business happens to make a left turn and you're like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't working for me. You guys said this and now it's this. Well, then it's time to bail. That's the hard part, isn't it? Great job. Lots of money. Rolling along. Business takes a left and you're like, ah, shit. (laughs) Now we're incongruent. The cause. I don't believe in the cause anymore. You got to leave. You got to find a way to leave. And it's rough, and I know it's rough, especially if you build your life up around your income level because you tend to spend what you make, ratio-wise. And then you got to take a couple steps down, maybe, if you go somewhere else. I mean, you don't know, right? But it's a big shift. Plus, stability. We all love stability. Like, intrinsically, instinctually, we love stability because there's less chance of anything happening and for fear to come up and create havoc in our system. So yeah, I get that. The question to you is, and my call to action is, take a look at where you're at. Your business, your relationships, family, physical, fitness, the aspects of your life. Are you buying into the cause? That's all. That's an easy question. Yes or no. And you'll know. And if you're not, time to make a change. Doesn't have to be overnight. Please don't just quit your job. All I'm saying is, once you realize that you're not buying into that cause, there's an incongruency there, it's it's uncomfortable. And it makes going to work harder. If you're looking forward to Fridays, like they're Christmas every single week, and Mondays, like you're going to the electric chair, then there's an issue. And you might want to take a little self-inventory and figure out what the hell's going on. That's all I have for you today. Remember, you can go to javabud.com, J-A-V-A-B-U-D for everything. 
You can uh, get a hold of me at Tony at javabud.com, T-O-N-Y at J-A-V-A-B-U-D dot com. And you can get the book on Amazon, Surrounded by Idiots. If you have any questions or concerns, again, get a hold of me. If not, we'll talk soon. Take care.